Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're joined by Ryan Lenny. I think your new name is going to be like Max Stalins or something. Working Max Stalins. Max Stalins. Beautiful. And John, that other wonderful Hi, voice. everybody. Uh, today we're going to be discussing Ferrari is back. And uh, it's a marathon, not a race. And John has picked a car for 20 questions. That, of course, means we're talking about F1, so that's what we'll be talking about later. Now let's talk about what we've done this week. I mean, why don't you take it away? What have you been doing on the Internet and car culture world? Uh, well, I've been trolling the Internet for car parts like I always do. Uh, I actually found a, a nice use set of Spitfire coilovers for the RB25. Don't do it. Don't do it. Waste of time. Waste I, of time. I don't know. do it. John, I already have a pair and i've been running those on the gtr for like 10 years and so like i'm just looking for a good pair to resell and do you know scumbag things with okay so okay it was it was not for me personally and you know i just saw it i didn't bid on it or buy it because it was on yahoo auctions japan but uh you know just something that i might come around to we'll see it was at a good price and so like we'll see but um Besides that, I haven't really personally done anything, though I have done a bit of car spotting. It was just in inconsequential. It wasn't like I was looking for it. It was just regular traffic. Uh, then I noticed was around my condo area. There was a 458 Italia uh, that rolled next to me. My oh, favorite. Yeah. My favorite. Um, so, like, what's interesting about it is that it was red and it had one of those stupid duckbill lips on on the car, like the one that I saw a few weeks ago, though I don't think it was the same one, unless he was driving that 458 to the body shop to get it done by professionals, because this one looked super clean. Uh, the, from the pass-by look I, I got at it, um, it wasn't running the stock wheels, it was running some pretty nice-sized gold face, deep, but not too deep, polished lips. Uh, for the wheels, it had a good stance on it. So uh, deep. And it looked like that that duck lip. Yeah, it was deep. Damn. It was just the right amount of deep. Deeper and deeper. Uh, the duck lip looked like it, it was installed and, you know, uh, painted by professionals. So it looked good. Um, also, from there, I noticed that one of my neighbors has uh, one of the new Mustang 5.0s, but has like a Whipple supercharger to it. Uh, it's got some other work done oh. to it. I've seen from the suspension. I've crawled underneath the car i hope he never he didn't notice that that's what i do sometimes what uh, <laughs> you know just crawl underneath people's cars see what they got yeah man you know, brian o'connor style hey, sometimes you just gotta do it okay apparently climbing underneath people's cars to see what they got is uh name of the game <laughs> i mean i'm not stealing their catalytic converse or anything i'm not a crackhead ryan that's fair that's fair i yeah you just want to see what they got <laughs> See what they're running. Show me, they're show really me what you got, Playboy. That's so. Uh, <laughs> other, other, other cars around uh, my condo era that I've noticed recently is there's a white Mitsubishi Evo 10. Ooh. Though I think he might. I haven't really gotten a good look at it. He might be a stance boy. Who knows? Oh. Um. And also, there's this dude with a red uh, BMW M2. It's a pretty new one. It's got a bunch of carbon fiber on it. So there's some there's some gearheads around my neighborhood, my hood. It's interesting. Something just observation I've noticed this week. Very cool. Well, I uh, I did some car spotting as well, actually. 
uh, today. I was in the, the vape shop and uh, talked to my guy there, Dan, and he used to be uh, driving a nice Finity and I switched to and picked up a Mini Cooper. Uh, which... Hold on, did you say vape shop? Were you in your Subaru? No, I do. I don't drive a Subaru. Okay, uh, <laughs> I will never. I will never. Subarus are like towards the bottom of my like favorite Japanese car brands. Okay, uh, goes Honda, Toyota, Nissan. Uh, for those wondering, regardless. So he uh, swapped over to a Mini Cooper and was just like, this car's cool. He's got a manual six speed, um, three cylinder, but it has a little small turbo. We're just talking about all the possible upgrades he's going to do to it. So it's kind of cool to talk to somebody about cars in person instead of, you know, on the coast type of thing. So that was really a lot of fun. Uh, and then otherwise, I spent most of my week playing GT7. Yeah. Man, GT is getting bombed right now because they just put out a new patch that nerfed your credit payouts on the like races that people were farming to like get credits to buy these cars. <laughs> and so, because, because they have microtransactions. And so the gaming community as a whole is just in arms about this. We're just like, and they should be because it's BS that these corporations are trying to get us to spend microtransactions to buy cars and games. Like, let me just farm for it. It's, it's dumb. Why would you nerf, Something that I don't get it, and you need to tune everything up now. You got to make way more money to actually be efficient. So I don't know if, what they're trying to cut down on, but uh, some some kind of dumb dumb crap there. Well, I did end up getting an FK two, which is nice. Yes, it, it's a single player game, right? No, so that's what's messed up. Uh, GT seven now requires online at all times. So the servers were down for a whole day, and all you could do is basically play arco- arcade mode. Uh, with like the cars they give you, unless you knew that you could go to time trial and that gave you access to your garage to actually use the cars that you had. But otherwise, no, the whole game, even if you want to play two player split screen, you have to be connected to the internet with GT7. No, I understand that, but I mean, like, the game, the campaign is single player. The campaign is for the credits, but you yeah. need to also tune and upgrade your cars to go play sport mode, which is the online mode against other people. But I'm just saying, like, who gives a shit? Why, why nerf it? You know what I mean? Like exactly, because they want people to spend money and use microtransactions is what the general consensus of the gaming community is going for, which makes sense. Um, but like, for example, I bought myself an FK two, which was forty one thousand dollars in game credits, but to fully tune it up to the power level needed to race where I was in the single player campaign was a hundred and like seventy thousand dollars. And so to make 240,000 in-game credits efficiently uh, is like an hour maybe. And so people, the race before, it was $65,000 for a payout for like a, a single race that you could do and make almost like $1.2 million an hour. And they've nerfed it from 65000 down to 35,000 credits. So they've just completely shut out the ability to farm and actually make credits at an efficient rate. Interesting. Sounds like, yeah, they're just canceling the grind. Right. You got to play it out the way it's intended and not keep doing the same thing. Well, I, I guess. I don't know, man. It was interesting. So that's what I did. I like local car and some stuff. I don't know. In my experience, Gran Turismo, granted, I've haven't been with the series since about five ish. Mm-hmm. But like in my experience, you get to a point in Gran Turismo where like you've done a bunch of races 
there's still a ton of cars that you want to mess with and you got to go grind some stuff out. Right. That's exactly <clears throat> it. Like if you're going to get Pokemon style, collect all the cars in GT, which is like 450, especially the rare ones. So like some of the rare, like the Shelby or stuff like that is like $12 million. Like it's like ludicrous amount of grinding to get these. And they have uh, uh, basically caused the price of these vehicles to influx. So like it could start at 10,000, but throughout the week, it end up to, or ten million. It end up to like twelve or fourteen, fifteen million throughout the week as people are buying it. Um, so, it's just kind of dumb. It's kind of ludicrous. A lot of people are complaining about it. That's the news in GT Seven. So silly geese, anyways, silly yes, geeses. I, exactly, John. What about you? What have you done in uh, your world of cars and motorcycles? Um, my life has been absolutely psychotic um roller coaster john i gotta say man yeah roller coaster i'm hanging on for dear life jeez so word i can't remember if i talked about it on the podcast i think i did but like i got a promotion to go to huntsville and i bought a house and then last week i got called by a big big company that was like uh that was like hey you want to go live in Saudi Arabia and teach those guys how to fly helicopters? Um, so I took it, and so I'm gonna be moving to. Saudi. I'm still buying the house in Alabama because uh, might as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna be going to Saudi Arabia. And uh, so me and the car friends this last week have been talking about what. Um, old semi-exotic shit box I should buy with my new Rays. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, please. And, you know, I would love to hear from the community if there's people that listen to us that give a shit, but... Uh, we should do a scrap race daily on these three cars real quick. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it later. Let's do it later. Let's do it later. Okay. I got I got okay. a 20 questions. We haven't played 20 questions in a minute. Uh, but we should. You're right. We should. Right now, the one that's winning, and you know, it's one of my sh- on my short list, but I think it's Lenny's favorite, is a uh, Lister Jaguar XJS V12 Twin Supercharged Mark III. Wow. Um, which that is one of those. I think I think we all agreed that like I mean my interests and and I think it kind of fits my personality, but I, I consider myself one of the a weird cars and coffee car kind of guy. Uh, I like pulling up in stuff that you've never seen or never heard of. Um, it's kind of my motorcycle tastes in a way. Um, so yeah, anyway, besides life just being psychotic, um, I mounted a steering damper on the Ducati and I rode it a lot. Um, and all of the engine mods and all the pain I went through and weird stuff that broke and stuff, but it is, it is sweet. Um, my boss has a Ducati Multistrada Pikes Peak, which is a really, really sweet bike. And we rode home from work today and swapped bikes and, um, the Pikes Peak man for a bike that big and heavy has no business cornering as good as it does. It is (laughs) very light steering. It just falls into corners like it's nothing. It does not feel like a bike that's as big as it is with saddlebags and like 
and it's just comfortable as hell. I could, I could just, it just feels like sitting on a couch. Um, but yeah, it handles ridiculous, but he, uh, he kind of gave me a high five. Cause you know, he's, he was like, man, you've done a ton. You've basically changed every functional component on this bike short of like a full engine rebuild. And he was like, and it's rad. So I, I appreciated the endorsement. Um, so that's, uh, Oh, and then one of the one of the oil feed, the dash four hose going to my turbo on the swivel, um, it started it started leaking from the swivel. Hey. Yeah, I think I think maybe the ferrule that seals against the rubber hose um, might have got damaged or something. But like it wasn't leaking last time I drove it, and I started up to go to work yeah. one morning and it was leaking like crazy. Um, so I that's not good. Yeah, I ordered a new hose end. Hopefully, you know, I assemble my own hoses, so that's not a big deal. And for the record, every other hose in that car is watertight. Uh, <laughs> so uh, um, I ordered a new swivel, and hopefully I can, like, maybe kind of fit it on the car. Otherwise, I don't know if you've ever assembled, da- like, AN hoses. Like, they can be kind of a pain in the ass and need a vice. So, um yeah. Uh, keep I had my... to do that on the oil filter relocator uh, yeah. for the GTR a few years ago. It's a pain in the dick. Yeah, yeah. They're really Uh-oh. tight. They're super tight. So I'm hoping I can maybe... I'm hoping I can leave the one end that's on the hose on it and then unscrew the swivel side, replace the ferrule, and then just put the... disassemble the new one and like screw it in if the threads are the same. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what I'm hoping. Um I got the same brand, but a slightly different style. Cause I have like a typical, like a gooseneck 90 degree one going on there now. And I bought a forged one. Cause I thought, cause I've had some problems with that hose coming loose. It's Gucci. Oh, I mean, it's the same brand, right? Like it's, 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 you know, real. it's, it's a Gucci like fitting, but, um, the forged ones are the ones that look like instead of having like that gooseneck that's curved, like a mandrel bend, it looks like a solid 90 degree block. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm wondering, it's still a swivel hose, but I'm wondering if maybe that one will give me less, less fuckery. Um, that's, it's a really weird hose, you know, cause it's long, it comes up and like loops around the top of the turbo. And when my motor mounts was, were broke, that hose would come loose all the time. And then after I fixed my motor mounts, it did it once or twice, but dramatically less. And I wonder mm-hmm. if in the time when it was coming loose and all this BS that somehow the seal in there got compromised. And, um, I think I might get like, yeah, I think I might get like a rubber clamp and find a hole on the strut tower to kind of clip it to. Cause I'd tried that before, but because the engine was swaying side to side, it would come loose when I did that. But now the engine's not moving. I think that might just like new fitting and band clamp. The, the hose to the chassis might just like solve everything, but yeah, (sighs) for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, um, so I, I was trolling, trolling the internet, right? Uh, as I do all day, because uh, I have nothing better to do. It's like um, there's a callback. I found a callback to our last episode. Maserati is going EV, all EV by 2030, actually. But first, uh, they're going uh, all electric on the Gran Turismo of this generation. So they're huh. ditching. They're ditching the combustion engine altogether on the Gran Turismo. I think starting next year, it's going to be all electric. 
though effectively on the same bodywork, it looks like, or just maybe slightly modified. I find that interesting that like a smaller brand like that can just kind of throw everything to the wind on EV, <laughs> whereas um, other bigger brands have to kind of test it almost with certain models. Oh, I think. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I, th I think that makes sense, man. They got a lot less um, operating capital and overhead to deal with and worry about. And like, you know, Maserati sells a thousand cars. That's a successful year. Ford sells a thousand right. cars and they declare bankruptcy, you know? So um, right. I think I think that would make sense. And Maserati's kind of a, you know, we just did an episode on them, but like they're kind of a... Um, I don't know, a specialized Ferrari, I guess, some more pedestrian Ferrari. And I think... More luxury. Yeah. And I think that... I think the EV... Th I think the EV thing would appeal to a Maserati buyer more than it would a Ferrari buyer. So I think kind of within that ecosystem, it kind of makes sense. So I, the savvy investor that I am, I did a little bit of digging into Maserati's uh, sales as of late. And they they're diminishing returns uh for their investors for sure for a few years um and so huh. they're, they're in decline they were in decline let's say or their brand is so like this pivot to ev kind of almost yeah for sure makes sense and i mean it looks like uh, i'm rereading the article now it looks like they're offering the gran turismo in two different um voltage capacities uh yeah. four 400 volt and an 800 volt uh, which is supposed to be like equivalent to the Porsche Taycan, which is interesting. Uh, huh. So uh, there's that. They seem to be doing good stuff. How much architecture is, you know, maybe from the Porsche Taycan or, or that sort of patented technology? Who knows? But, you know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, I mean, as I spoke to this, and you guys grown every time, but like the Ford F-150 oh going electric. God. Oh, my right? God. Gosh. And... They just released the EPA, the actual range on it, and the higher trims is like 320 miles. That's a that's a pretty huge range. I mean, that's halfway across the state of Nebraska. I recharge in GI, get another halfway recharge, and I'm you know one more charge, and I'm in Denver and in the slopes, man. It's awesome, right? So <clears throat> you got to think like a Midwestern with the trucks here. It's going to make a bigger impact. And you mentioned Ford with the thousand thousand units. Even if they sell a thousand Ford F one fifty Lightnings, that's that. You're right. That's calling bankruptcy. We sell a thousand EV Maseratis, we'll be all right. Besides making these no. guys groan about the Ford, uh, let's go back to talking about Ferrari and an F one because they are back. <laughs> John, what were you screaming again at the end of the race? Forza Ferrari, baby! Fucking big red, big red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, real. It's, Look, it's only one race. Look, it's only one race. <laughs> you guys, you guys have Doesn't listened. <laughs> you guys have listened to me be the contrarian. You have listened to me be like, "Oh, I like this dude," or "I like this paint scheme," or blah 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 blah. But I have not had a dog in the title fight. But I'm. I've always said, Ryan, you can back me up on this. I've always said I like oh. Leclerc. He's one of my. He's one of my more. I like him. A lot. I like signs. Like they got two drivers. I like. I like Ferrari. Just anyway. Like these are my these are my people. These are my people. We can all have a big old fight over Red Bull versus Ferrari, and I I like it. I I agree with that, and also I just want to clarify for anybody that listens in the future, John is not a bad wagoner. Don't at any point in time 
that this short Italian man is a bandwagoner when it comes to being a Ferrari fan, just because they're good now. Thank you. I appreciate. You know that. what I mean. I appreciate. Just want to, as a again, as a sports guy, right? Ryan's people are going to try to get. I do, and I've got the facts. I look it up. Okay, I got the car facts. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> like, just saving you now from the sports enthusiast. You know, as John likes to rag on me because I always, you know, c- come hard at Lulu and Toto all the time. I'm like, you got to have a villain if you're a sports fan. Otherwise, it's not as entertaining. Yeah, and my um, my villain is Max. Yeah, Max Verstappen is your uh, is your enemy, Mister uh, Mister Number One. That should be really good. Speaking of that, I mean, close close racing between those two. I think I think Charles had uh, the better strategy being that in Bahrain there is the two DRS zones pretty much right after each other and even though Max was overtaking him in turn one uh, going into turn four he would just use the DRS coming between turns three and four after the initial chicane so I thought that was smart play by him but the fact that they stayed close and competitive for a couple laps there was just excellent racing in my opinion for sure Um, I hope that continues for the marathon that is this season, 23 races, which is fantastic. Yeah. I got to say, Leclerc just seemed to have just such better pace throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at one point he was eight seconds ahead of Max. And I mean, like, Carlos Sykes was 30 seconds behind him. So, like, the two of them were really flying uh, in those early stages of the race. And it's crazy. Uh, hopefully, that continues and it's just not a one race or a three race thing. And then, Oopsie Daisy Ferrari's illegal. <laughs> honk honk. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. That could happen. <laughs> so uh, all jokes aside, it was great racing. Loved it. It was really close. Close racing's back, baby. That's what we wanted to see. So I'll I'll say this. I'm not I'm not a band or sorry. You already said that. I am I'm yeah, an bud. I am an underdogger. <laughs> I am an underdogger. Like even though I'm rooting for Ferrari, like they're the team I'm going to put my my Schlitz behind. But like, if Ferrari runs away with it, I'll root for somebody else because I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I just don't like what that's I like. The reason, yeah, that's why. Well, that no, that's why I said, hey, because I have always liked Patronus Mercedes. I've always liked them, but I've been rooting against them the last couple seasons because they right. won seven times in a row. Everybody has, yeah. Um, so like, like I liked Patronus Mercedes. I'm a fan of Mercedes. They're one of my more liked car manufacturers. I've always kind of liked Lulu. Like, um, I like Mercedes, but I have been actively rooting against them because they're been on top for so friggin' long. So like, I want somebody else to win. And even though I'm rooting for Ferrari, if out of nowhere, Aston Martin just starts winning races, I'll probably root for Aston Martin because nobody would ever seen them winning a world championship. Uh, uh, it, who's getting it though? There is, or Lance Stroll? there is correlation. There is correlation between long hair Seb and world championships. So I don't know. That's maybe true. that's not actually <laughs> the picture. We don't know yet. He didn't race. He didn't race this last week. What's interesting too, though, is that Ferrari engines across the board seem to dominate. Right? We have K Mag coming out of nowhere ten days before this, and placing in P five. And you want to talk about underdogs? Haas, led by the great Gunnar Steiner. Bro. Uh, Fantastic. And Mick Schumacher, son to the true goat of F1, at P11, just shy of the points. This is a complete turnaround for them. 
and is wonderful to see because that is an underdog story right there. I think Outside they scored more million. points than they did. I think they scored more points than they did in the last three seasons combined. Yeah, because there were zero, crazy. zero, zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Speaking of underdogs, no, you're right. I am just praying that this is not a spoof, like a one-off mm. fluke. Because um, what a story. Because right. Haas can't do anything with Magnuson and Grosjean. They get rid of them both. They get the rookies. They don't do any. They go even worse with the rookies. And then they just randomly bring back one of the guys they already fired because Grosjean quit. Because he's a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Grosjean quit because, you know, he almost died and wants to be with his wife and kids and whatever. But they came and kicked down a door. But they fired Magnuson. You know what I mean? And then he kicked out a door. Well, you know, it happens. But like, it's emotional. I don't I don't know right. what kind of freak Jeez. sauce is in that car or what kind of meditation Magnuson did to be away from the grid, come back with like what was it like 10 days notice? Yeah. Yep. S- 10 days. Step into a car he hasn't touched cuz it's an all new car. They sacrificed their development in 21 for this car. Um right. just get in a new car and place P5 on a race that was really it was a fierce race. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't it wasn't one of those races where five guys get taken out. Like it was a, it was a fierce race. Um, wild. Like the overtaking, the closeness of everybody's cars, uh, was, was great. It, that was the point of all this regulation change. And I'm glad to be able to see it and showcase it on the first race. That's great. It is Perfect. wonderful. And I would agree that K mags problem in the past, he was the better of the two drivers at Haas. Uh, between him and Grosjean, uh, his main issue came down to, especially in the later years, consistency, because he would start off really well, have a couple good races, but to carry any sort of consistency through the season uh, wasn't really his case. So, yeah, maybe one during his offseason, he went out and did some other different racing and just kind of found himself again. It's like how Kimi Raikkonen went and did uh, rally for a while there, came back and just completely excelled. So... Sometimes you got to take a break from F1 and go play GT or Dirt 2.0. You know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> speaking speaking of other people coming back, Alex Albon and the Williams. Right. Though he was not looking very racy. Not racy. Not racy. But I think that comes down to the fact that the Mercedes, the way they've got everything hooked up with this new system, is also a little bit lacking. Uh, of the three powertrains, Ferraris across the board, be it Ferrari, Alfa Romeo with Botas competing with the guy who stole his seat, uh, George Russell, and also Haas with K-Mag, uh, are all dominating. Red Bulls across the board are also pretty powerful with Verstappen and uh, Checo, but you had Pierre Gasly's engine failure followed by those two's failures. Only Sonoda came through but did bank points for them. I feel like they're the second most powerful, but most of the Mercedes cars in general were having massive issues, right? Lulu himself and George were struggling to keep up. You have uh, Norris not on pace at all, uh, comparatively speaking, and Ricardo. They were way down at the bottom, right? 17th and 20th before the DNFs. Um, And then Williams, who have been on the bottom in the past, so it's hard to tell with them, but McLaren to have that fall from grace on race one is kind of interesting. Very, rough very for the rough. McLaren fans. Yeah. 
especially if they just got those sick wheels by Google sponsorship, because Zach Brown is just a sponsorship god, apparently. <laughs> uh, like, that's what, he, that's what he did before when he was in the early years of getting into racing. He went through the sponsorship stuff. So it makes sense that he'd be able to pull Google in and say, hey, look, Circle Wheels, your, your logo goes here, uh, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, rough week for McLaren in general, with Ricardo having uh, the week before during testing, having – COVID-19 coming back uh, and then major issues throughout practice. So that's rough for McLaren for sure. But I think the Mercedes across the board struggling as well. But good yeah, to see Alex back. Car, that car was bucking like a Bronco down the back straight there. Mm. Which one? Of, of uh, Hamilton's. Hamilton's, yeah. I noticed a lot. Yeah. Still. So, I mean, Hamilton for once wasn't lying. Um about the issues they're facing, yeah, I'm, I'm rubbing that in Ryan's face. Um, nice, nice. Well, no, I you still know, made it on the podium too. It's crazy. But you know, something I want to point out is how fickle of a beast F1 is, or engineering in general, because I think you know it wasn't, but a year, maybe two at max ago, that we were talking about how. Nobody could keep up with Mercedes engines. Everybody was talking mm-hmm. about how Mercedes would just slam down the straights. Like, and Red Bull was talking about how, you know, we can make a suspension and an aero package and keep up with them in the turns, but they just wallop us on the straights. That was the thing. It was the Mercedes engine. I mean, right. the whole car was the business, but like the the killer factor was the engine. And it was literally last season and like the season before that we were like, oh, Ferraris are slow as hell because of the engine. They don't make enough power. Uh, they, it got yeah. a weak engine. And now all of a sudden all the Ferrari <laughs> engines are dominating and the Mercedes engine isn't quite keeping pace. So like glorious day. It's a glorious day. It's weird. It's really weird how these these power shifts and like you know, these brands kind of become iconic for like a thing, you know what I mean? And then and it's not. I mean, it's not like they changed the power unit. Mercedes is using the same power unit. Maybe the placement of the MGU is different, uh, but I don't see how that would really affect unless like the new well, car and the setting and configuration of it probably threw everything that they knew out the window. Well, no, that's tires too. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair because it might not actually be the engine. One of the things I read was that Mercedes wing had too much drag. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something. Um, another thing I did want to point out though, is that, you know, this year was a pretty comprehensive redesign of the cars. Yeah. Uh, the, what, the 18 inch wheels is 18. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen inch wheels, yeah. Whereas they they've historically ran very small wheels, small boy, um, and so the cars now. If you, I actually went down a rabbit hole one day and looked at <laughs> qualifying and race laps from last year's Grand Prix at Bahrain to this year's, and right. both quali and the race pace is almost bang on three seconds slower for every driver. Makes sense. So, like the cars, yeah, the cars right now are about two and a half to three seconds slower than they used to be. Yeah, and that that always happens with massive regulation changes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
the case of saying the engine is the same, well, that's like saying I can LS swap yada yada, right? It doesn't, the two cars you LS swap into are going to drive very differently depending on the package you put them in, yep, right? Yep, yep. Right? Yep, so absolutely. If I LS swap my Honda Odyssey, you're still going to laugh at me. So, like, it doesn't matter what the engine is, right? <laughs> I mean, look that's, at, I mean, that, look at, look at Lotus. Lotus built a world beating sports car with literally a Toyota Camry engine. Right. It can be done. Oh, this is amazing. Now, Lenny, I had a question, too, about Red Bull's engines because mm-hmm. I, I'm watching it, and they fail, and I'm like, that can't be the engine because they are basically the same engine. So what's going on there? And I, you would say something about accessories. What, what did you mean by that, where that yeah. failed? Well, I was having a conversation at work uh, with some pilots earlier today, and like uh, we were talking about where the fuel pump is now in relation to the car of last year and so like they probably changed the configuration and the pumping and the routing is all um different or experimental at this point since it is race one um and so what i think happened and i think the conclusion that me and the other ones uh came up with is that pierre gasly also had the same issue though for whatever reason his ignited where checo and max didn't i'm not quite sure there that that might be a thing for the engineers but um yeah i think it was a fuel issue uh that either dis- like a line disrupted or um the just a mechanical failure then spark or something i don't know but it ignited uh pierre gasly's car uh and it was an engine cut off it was a total system cut off same thing happened to max um and checo as we saw in turn one and so it, it's just very coincidental for all of that to happen in a in a span of a race to Checo and Max within a span of five laps, which was devastating right. to watch live. Whoa, oh gosh, it was. That was brutal. Yeah, because Checo got a, you're, you're thinking, okay, Max failed. We heard him kind of complaining on the radio. Great, but then Checo, it's like, All right, come on, Checo. The usual story of Checo. Come on, Checo, just finish it. You know what I mean? Bring in the points. Him to fail right there. So the interesting thing about the Mac and Max also had like a steering issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. So hydraulic. John, how, what is the bullet? Like how about hot does something have to be? Yeah. For hydraulic fluid to flame flammable hydraulic fluid. Is that what they use? I don't know. Talking well, my ass here, was maybe. it, was it boiling or was it flaming? Cause the ignition point and the boil point are going to be different. Ignition point of hydraulic fluid? Yeah, what I'm saying is he was complaining about... What was he complaining about specifically? It might have been boiling instead of flaming. That's what I'm right? saying. It would have been, yeah. yeah. Um, so that would make sense. He'd lose fluid and then not have... He'd basically lose power steering essentially at that point, right? If it were to boil off. Yes. Um, or it could, you know, cause like a vapor lock in the system or cavitation. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was getting at with the on fire flame. I was following. I was following. So, which I mean, the, that makes sense. I like that theory though. Cause Max was pushing the car harder than any of the other three Red Bull engines. Right. So the boiling point of the boiling point of engine oil is, is north of, it's just shy of 600 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, jeez, that's up there. Now it's not uncommon for heavily stressed. I have no idea what, engine oil temperature f1 cars run but i know that um modern supercars um 
if they don't do cooldown laps and stuff and they don't have upgraded coolers can get close to 300 um like like 250 isn't uncommon if you're talking like a you know like a corvette zr1 herdiger supercharged blah 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 um it's not uncommon to see like 250 um and at that point if the oil is that temperature it is possible that there are spots that the oil is touching that are close to the boiling point and you can get Ah. what's yeah you can get called like what's called like micro or flash boils in certain places and that's often what causes cavitation in cooling systems air pockets big time yeah um so it's also i've also i don't know what the boiling temperature of um power steering fluid it's basically transmission fluid it's the same thing um I don't know what the boiling point is, but I've definitely heard of people overheating their power steering fluid on the track and, like, losing steering authority. Jeez. Um, that's why my GTR has an aftermarket power steering cooler. Um, I've never boiled power steering fluid myself, but we when I, I had... I was doing all this crazy engine work to it. We just... Pff, screw it. Pump won't... Pl- I replaced the pump, and it was all custom job. Um, I just threw a cooler in there. Um, so it's very possible, especially at the level, you know, F1 cars reveal issues that like probably exist in your car that you just, you just don't, you just don't. You'll never hit those limits. You'll never hit those limits. Yeah. Like without a official investigation from Red Bull as to the fuel issue, um, one of the leading theories is that the new E10 fuel has never been tested in conditions as hot as Bahrain. And notice how these things oh. happened, how it all happened shortly after the safety car where they all go slow and don't have airflow going over everything. Um, yeah. So they think maybe the fuel just overheated. Fuel overheating in a normal even track car, just like it, it's just not a thing. <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> now, is that based on the Ock that you're using, John? Yeah. First of all, it's not Ock, you effing casual poor person. Yeah. It's uh, high octane. It's octane. It's octane, you Neanderthals. I was to what you had said, Lenny. You said it was high octane. You Neanderthals. But yes. no. Oct- triggers John is what I've been remembering. <laughs> octane refers to the resistance of combustion uh, in the gasoline. And it doesn't have anything to do with it being with like it's flash or boiling. Well, I mean, I guess it could technically affect the flashpoint, but okay. no, no, no. So, so the octane they're using isn't the issue, is what you're saying? No, it's not. Okay, it might be the composition though, because because here's the thing, man: is fuels, especially F1 fuels, there's a lot that goes into gas. Incoming soapbox. No, there is. There's there's a ton of stuff that goes into gas. There's a lot of additive packages and yeah. you know formulations and stuff, and especially race fuel, which a lot of People in the in the game refer to methyl ethyl death. That's a common nickname for it because like it's made of a bunch of stuff. It's got like methane in it and ethylene and just all kinds of weird caustic shit. Jeez. Yeah. So like one of my favorite motorcycle podcasts, um, uh, Brap Talk, which you know, hey, if you guys are listening, Daddy wants to taste. Um, Brap. But Brap Talk, uh, one of their guys is a racer and he did a thing cause he owns asphalt and rubber, which is like the premier online motorcycle news site. Um, cool. he did a, a series where he 
dynoed his bike just back to back to back to back. And all he did was change the fuel. And he was using all this like whiz bang, like Chevron, Tecron, blah, 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 blah. Like their special race formulations. It's like $10 a gallon, $20 a gallon for this stuff. And he was dynoing his bike and he made on a 70 horsepower bike, you know, certain fuel formulations, he was making five extra horsepower. That's huge. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, it's and, huge. It's, and it's not octane. It's not octane either. It was just like it's, it was, it's the oxidation. It's like it's how much <laughs> oxygen is in the fuel because oxygen is extremely explosive. Um, Oxy. So how much oxygen? Well, and so they had just this you. year to switch to a new fuel. Yeah, because E10. It's, the, it's bio-friendly, which is really sustainable and awesome. But massive amount of adjustments. This is... Race one of a marathon, right? Ferrari's out front, which is fantastic. Uh, and honestly, we have another race weekend coming up right away. Bang, bang. Double out the gate, which is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we'll probably be doing another live uh, Twitter feed again. So if you do want to listen in with us while we watch the race, you can check us out on Twitter at Zero Lift Podcast, and we'll be hosting that so you can listen to us live yammer on about the f1 race if you're interested in that um uh, find myself lenny and possibly john there and you can also follow us on instagram zero lift give us a like comment let us know uh about uh what you think about f1 this season so far and also real quick john let's do that scrap race daily on your three cars for the listeners that uh we can post them to vote on on our Instagram. No, no, no. We're doing 20 questions today. We're going to just yeah, what, what, what are the other two cars, though? What are the other two cars, though? So they can vote, and then we'll actually do uh, Then we'll, um, next week we'll do that for our drop. So what well, are the three cars? Uh-oh. I'm, I'm, I'm debating if I want to keep the Aston on the list, just because the other two are so weird. Or if I should... We need oh. three. No, 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 no. I'm going to... Oh, I got it. Okay. I got it. No, I got it. I got it. Right. Okay. Okay. Number one, you got the Jag XJS Lister Twin Supercharged 7 liter. Number two, a Lancia Stratos kit car by a company in the UK called Lister Bell with a Lotus Evora drivetrain. So that's a supercharged Toyota 2GR FE V6 and a six-speed. All right. Uh, of course, with the coffin wheels. Has to have the coffin wheels. Um, and, yeah. the, and then number three, I'm going to call this slightly open category. I'm going to call... I'm gonna call it some kind of a replica of a Group B car. There's some really high end, like bespoke Jeez. space frame chassis. <laughs> Specifically, there's one for a Ford RS200. Um, there's one for a Lancia Delta Growler Evo. Isn't the Stratos technically kind of Group B, John? Or did there's, I learn nothing? There's a Metro 6R4. Well, Stratos was pre-groupy, Ooh. homie. Thank you. Yeah, there's a Metro 6R4. Is uh, there an Opal? Is Opal did Opal do groupy? Man, did they you did. not listen to your own last Yeah, did you not listen to our own podcast? There's a I'm Peugeot just, T16. For those that didn't listen to it, we actually did a couple of episodes on groupies, so you can learn which cars are in Group B if you're new to our stuff. I'm just referencing Opal for those that have been listening along. It's an inside joke for John. He's going to own one someday. I'm going to own an Opal? Sheik might give it to him. 
knows? She, oh, there you go. There it is. He's going to be racing around in Opal in the streets of Saudi. I just got to become so, all right. really good friends with the Sheik over there. and <laughs> They got money. We'll post those three cars up on our Instagram and our Twitter at Zero Left Podcast. Let's get into 20 questions. Take away the rules. It'd be, awesome. It'd be awesome if you made it to Bondry Grand Prix next year, John. I Just saying. Be It'd be awesome. I wouldn't be far from Bahrain. I, I'm, I, might, I might have to do that. Okay, so for the game, uh, what I wish I was driving, a.k.a. our car version of 20 questions. Ryan and Lynn are going to ask me 20 yes or no questions to try and guess the car I'm thinking of. Uh, they have to guess the car on the first try. If they guess a car and it's wrong, the game's over. Um, and I will give you a hint because Ryan didn't open with one. Um, for one, not generation specific. For two, this car is actually two cars. This car is actually two cars. And I don't care which one you guess. Got it. This car is actually two cars. Mm-hmm. So... Is this like a... Ryan, Ryan out the gate. Yes. I'm just going to... Yes let you know what this hint means uh this car is in collaboration with two auto manufacturers so think i was gonna clarify. toyota and subaru supra, supra uh, bmw and toyota right well no more directly i was thinking oh. toyota and, and subaru with the 86 and the brz okay so that same deal so yeah yep okay they're the same car essentially the same car different name Gotcha. Okay. That's what I figured he was referencing to, so good to know. Uh, well, do we start in Japan then? Don, is this European? European, no. Well, this is annoying because if the car is two, if it's from, they've got to be from the same area, we're screwed. Don, <laughs> is this car a Toyota? Toyota, no. All oh, that takes that out of the question. Wind right out of him sails. <laughs> All right, so is this car American? American, yes. Don, is this car naturally aspirated? Yes. Oh, of course it is. Is it a V8? V8, yes. Is it rear-wheel drive? Rear-wheel drive, yes. Lenny's on a streak. Wow, Lenny, you're naming you're naming. Sp- sports cars <laughs> in america bro good job come on dude. i just want to narrow it down you know God, i guess make sure it's not a freaking one-off i suppose oh we know it's american race car now <laughs> every car ever made in america right Jeez. exactly every car in america guys we know it's one of those i've i've hit um, you guys with some american cars that weren't v8s that's what I'm saying. He's oh. narrowed it down to make sure it's not one of your goofy one-off things you'd show up to Cars and Coffee with and be like, hey, guys, check out my cool car. Pretty much every car I've guessed for this game has been a Cars and Coffee car. John, was this car also sold in Australia? Australia. Um, Interesting poll there, bud. If you need me to clarify more, I can. However, I'm going to say giant. this. Maybe I don't know. It's not particularly noteworthy for the Australian market. Is that good enough, or do you need me to internet this? No, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. 
Onion's over here just pulling up. Not too many car, not too many American cars that I know of are two cars, but one car. Well, this is me you're talking about. Is it possible I picked a car you don't know of? <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, John, is this a Ford? Ford, no. Uh, that's what I was about to ask. So, Does this have two do- two doors? Two doors, yes. Does it have a hatch? No, it's not a hatchback. Okay. That's 10. You're on 11. Hmm. So would this... This would be two different manufacturers then, I guess, or would it be the same? Could it be the same manufacturer, but under different... It's not an Acura Honda situation. Oh, it can't be. Like... Yeah, so that's because that's too. So this is. Can you really call Acura an American company? I guess you can. Yeah, because they're only branded in America. I would Everywhere say else it's Honda. I would say ish. I don't think that's the case anymore. But we're getting off topic here. I'm just trying to narrow down what he means by his silly hint and his dumb picks. That's the John, was John this car manufactured in the '60s? Hold on. There's two answers there, because they, if he does, if he doesn't know, it went back that far. Yeah. It's got to be a new car. Well, and then also he said no generations, which means it's been around. There's more than one iteration of it. Um, no. When did it start production? It was not manufactured in the '60s. But it's was John this car talking about the this... '80s, '90s? Is key. Yeah. Did the beginning of the manufacture of this car begin in 1990 or after? 90 or after? No. So it's 89 and before, but not before. Wasn't the last American car I picked some sort of like Pontiac? Firebird, Garbo, weird car thing. <laughs> Cadillac Seville or something. He I picks did not one pick of a Cadillac Seville. No, it was it was a Pony. It was what? It was one of those type of cars, though. It was like the goofy looking, like big old American style car. Big old American. So it was Firebird. Well, I don't remember what we picked before, but. You know what I'm saying? It was after the like Ford versus Ferrari era when American cars got all like huge and like redonkulous, like Hot Wheelsy. You mean the muscle like, car era? You casual? <laughs> I'm the casual that keeps it interesting for the fans. You're welcome. Uh, so, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. John, was this car ever optioned in Targa? It's a Targa top. Okay, so a couple manufacturers have used that term differently. When you say target top, do you mean where like the center hard roof clips out? Yes. No. 
it's a bad design choice too. And I, I also kind of burned that question because it just, could be the other type of target top where it kind of only takes out right above the driver or the passenger. Well, and there's like still a center bar. A lot of company. Well, no, that's a T top. What you're talking about. A lot no, of companies T-top. refer Sorry, to Targa. Yeah, a lot of companies refer to a Targa as just a decorative band that went over the C pillar area. Like in the RX-7 Targa, targa. it was just a chrome band that went over the top of the car like a halo. Hmm. Fun fact. All right, what do we we think, Lenny? Brainstorm with me. What are we thinking here? Uh, It's a naturally aspirated V8 with real drive. It's got two doors. Doesn't have a target top. Uh, Didn't start production before 1970. It ended production before 1990. Well, it you so asked if it was made in the 60s, and I said, just to be clear, you said, was it made in the 60s? I said, no. And you asked if it started production in the 1990s or if it was just manufactured at all in the 90s? <clears throat> he said, was it made in the 90s or after? And I said, no. So we're looking at the 70s and 80s then, essentially? So, yeah, so we're in the goofy, big old American car era. Which makes sense for jobs. <laughs> so, man, Barracuda. Was this car named after a fish? After a fish? No. That's what he picked last time. Was some sort of? It was a. It was like a combined effort with a European small company. What did he pick? You talking about the Pantera? That's what you picked. Yeah, because band. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. You picked the Pantera last time. Mm-hmm. This car just such huge pieces of shit, but so cool. I want one so bad. Yeah, it's like a DeLorean or something like that, you know? Like, except Panteras are fast, right? Don, is this a Chevy? Is it a Chevy? No. Is it a Dodge? <laughs> is it a Dodge? It could be. Oh, jeez. What the hell? Could be? What type of answer is that? That is one of the valid options. Okay, one of the valid options is a Dodge. What was that? Jonas, if I was at a rave in the late 90s, early 2000s, would there be a bunch of these around (gasps) his lights? If you're at a rave, like like glow sticks, are you talking? Is it are you talking like a Need for Speed type of people showing up at raves and they just drive these? Oh wait, 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 yeah. Wait, wait was are you this? sure you want to ask this question? Because you know it wasn't made after 1990. <laughs> it wasn't made, but people drive those cars. I mean, why are you trying to go pick up a Jack oh, in the right. and whatever is right? And what was the no, uh, what was he's the, right? What was the thing that people did in the 2000s? Was the the hopping with the cars? That was the other thing that was huge. And they used a bunch of... Okay, that was a very cars. 90s thing, and that was hydraulics. Yeah. Did that in Pimp My Ride. Also known as hitting switches, you white cracker, whitey McQuiters. I don't, I don't I'm going to go roll D20s on you. Don't worry about it. Well, we know no that, we know that going. We know one of the manufacturers is a Dodge. So does that help? You got three questions and a guess. 
totally burns all of our questions. <laughs> we know yeah, we narrowed it down that it's an American car and then asked a bunch of questions to make sure it wasn't a one-off goofy American car because it's John. <laughs> Ryan just Ryan just watched a Super Bowl halftime show with Snoop Dogg and Dre, and he's like, what's that thing Sorry, where the cars bounce? V8, rear-wheel drive. Dodge is one of them. So who's the other company could that be. Dodge would work with? He said, I take could be as that's one of the manufacturers. Yeah, it's too. There's our hint halfway through. No, no, what John says. I'm gonna give you. Uh, interesting. You know. You know what? I'll, really... I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Of these two cars, one of them lives on to the current day. Of these two. Okay. What is what does Dodge make? That's a coupe. That's a V8 currently to this day. Dodge, or should I say, was revived in the current day? Is Dodge Camaro? No, that's Chevy. That is indeed Chevy. Dodge makes the, <clears throat> the Hellcat Charger. Hellcat Charger Hellcat. Man. Type of stuff. Those revived. are supercharged, though. Those the are dart? supercharged. Hell, it's a dart. dart? The Dodge Dart, they just revived it a few years ago, too. It used to be a car okay. in, like, the 70s. It was, like, a little Econo shitbox. John loves Econo shitboxes. He loves Econo shitboxes. What? Just loves it's them. one that Dodge made. Yeah. So, Did they stuff a V8? Didn't they? And they, I think they stuffed a V8 in it back in the day. Well, they had to have the car. So it's an Econo oh. shitbox that has a V8 in it? That sounds like something John would do. Yeah, really that's like in. only half the equation, right? Right. What's the other half then? I just I just want to take an aside and say that you guys need to do some serious research into muscle cardam. All right. The questions you are asking right now tell me you know nothing about muscle cars. Right. Why would I care yeah. about muscle cars? You're talking because to a guy who loves it's, Hondas and a guy who wants to drive a skyline debatably the greatest period of american car history all right folks you hear it here we're going to be doing an episode soon here uh john's going to get on a soapbox and tell us about the greatest cars muscle cars in the greatest era of american cars don't get me wrong i shit on muscle cars all the time they were actually pieces of shit by like today's standards but like it is in a very important part all right and there's some undeniable like, cool stuff. Can we just have John tell us this car? Because I don't think we're getting there. And uh, John clearly needs to have an episode. <clears throat> I'm saying in the next one yeah, or two weeks. I can wave, wave my white flag here. I, I saying, really don't know the other side of this, but I'm right. pretty sure it's the, the Dodge Dart. I'm, I'm going to either call John out either one or two weeks from now to do an episode on muscle cars. Because clearly, we are uneducated. <laughs> I, would have, that, I would need to wrap my, my head flag. around that. All right. White flag's going up. <laughs> So the two cars you could have guessed are, because they are the same car. Okay. The Plymouth Duster or the Dodge Demon. Oh wow, Duster. Duster. See, I was I wasn't saying Plymouth, but I was saying something like that. What Pontiac? See, I knew it was another Plymouth. It's close. So, and when you guys said right, Dart, when you guys said Dart, it made me laugh because the Demon was technically a performance package of the Dodge Dart because back so in we the day, close. back in the wow. day, 
all those muscle cars basically rode on the same damn chassis and they rebranded it 50 times. So the Dart was a big ass land boat that only came in the base model with an inline six and otherwise had a plethora of massive V8s in it. And then they made a two door shorty coupe of it, called it the Demon, and it was a slightly faster version of the Plymouth Duster. That's the Dodge Demon. And so they <sighs> they revived the demon name today because they had the Challenger, and then they made the Challenger Hellcat. Where they got the Hellcat name from, I have no idea. But And then they were like, oh, this weird one-off 700-horsepower thing isn't fast enough. So then they made a weird version of the Hellcat, and they decided to bring back the demon, which was an interesting decision because the Duster and the demon were on the lower echelon of the Mopar muscle car. They were kind of pony cars. Like some hardcore muscle car guys wouldn't even call them muscle cars because they were two-door, they were kind of short, they are kind of small, and they didn't have the big engines. Um, so they were like the CrossFit of uh, muscle yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah, they were kind of the CrossFit. Really like- <laughs> which <laughs> they're, some of my pl- they're some of my favorite platforms just because they are kind of the, uh, you know, I, I would consider them the Stradale like if uh, if you if you shoehorned a big ass Hemi or 440 into one of those because they're a lot lighter and every like a a big ass Challenger or Barracuda, I, I, they're pretty sure. potent. Well, that's pretty awesome. I like it. Well, John, you've scoodles. Hopefully, we see that soapbox coming soon uh, to learn more about American muscle cars. Uh, we will be watching again the F1 race coming up this weekend. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter for our live chat on that at zero left podcast uh also make sure to tell us which one of john's car choices are absolutely the worst choice for him to make and, uh, by vote we will get him to buy that car Keep putting that on a, uh, on the poll up there uh, yeah put a poll up there see which car should john buy and uh whatever would you guys pick i'm sure john will buy uh for the fans <laughs> then you can do that also at zero left podcast uh so appreciate you guys coming and uh been here with myself, Ryan, Lenny, Leos, and John. Shukran. Keep it pinned. We'll see you next time.